Hello everybody, some announcements before the show. There is now a Patreon page just for Oyster World Radio. If you enjoy the show, please consider donating a buck or two just to keep it going. With that, I can get new gear, keep pumping fresh content, and really just feed myself. I think you'll enjoy the rewards too. Check out patreon.com, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash Oyster World Radio to learn more or use the link in the show description. You won't regret it. Support the show, support global citizenship, gain a little extra good karma, and become a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Oyster World Radio. Welcome to Oyster World. Radio. Hello, Oysters, and welcome to another episode of Oyster World Radio, the podcast where we broaden our perspectives by listening to the stories of people from all over the globe. It's easy to get trapped in the day-to-day routines of our personal bubbles, but there are billions of ways to live the one life you got, and it's my job to find those ways and bring them to you. I'm Nathan Lieberman, and in this episode, finally, is my first international guest, Martin Lund-Peterson. Martin was the first couchsurfing host for my quick layover in Reykjavik, Iceland, and I couldn't have asked for a better host. I really couldn't. He's nice as can be and basically runs a hotel out of his apartment for couchsurfers. It's insanity. One of the more interesting things about Martin is that he plays professional soccer in Iceland. Yeah, he plays professional soccer. Originally from Denmark, now in Iceland playing soccer. How did he get there? Well, I guess you just have to stay tuned to find out. Also, Martin, if you're listening to this, thanks so much for the amazing time. I couldn't have planned a better start to this epic overseas adventure if I tried, and I hope one day I can return the favor. All right, now on to the show. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Martin Lund-Peterson. All right, Martin. Welcome to Oyster World Radio. I'm glad to have you on the podcast. First international podcast, and it's still kind of a whirlwind for me to actually be here. And you were nice enough to be my first couch surfing host. And I was one of the first ones that signed up, right? Because you're pretty new at this too. Yeah, I'm two weeks in and I think you roughed me after two days. So you were, <laughs> and you were there. And it's so funny because you're two weeks in. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. But you dropped off. When, I, when you came up, I was at uh, the big church in downtown Reykjavik. Yes. And you had couch, couch servers getting out. And couch servers coming in, yeah. so you're on top of it. I, I'm all in at the moment, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, I had two sweet German girls for one night, and then I just got right away and picked you up. Yeah, and even before that, you had a Finnish couple. Yeah, exactly. Saturday, I had Finnish couple, so three three visitors in within this week. So it's been pretty intense. <laughs> yeah, and you even have another one. Coming. I have another one coming up in, I think, three or four days, so I have a small break now when you go home, but uh, I'm all in. You are all in, <laughs> yeah. and we've been looking at couch surfing for all the hangouts. We got one coming up this afternoon yes. after you have practice, and yeah, to say you're all in, that's a, that's a safe bet. That's yeah. a safe bet. I love couch surfing, though, because when can you ever do this? There's You meet people you would never have met and so far it's been really positive so maybe that's why i keep going on yeah so positive so far we still have so a day. far so far <laughs> as we were saying yesterday who knows what weird stuff can come out in exactly days. you still have 
like 12 15 hours to surprise me with something bad but so so far it's been pretty good so far it's been pretty good you were even struggling to decline the seven day stay from that russian girl it feels bad making the pushing the no decline button it really feels bad but sometimes you you gotta do what you gotta do seven days is a long time i think that's a pretty big request to to make <laughs> but it still feels bad saying no it's it's, i do bad. love that you still felt bad saying no to yeah. a week yeah a week of a staying week. for yeah. free at your place that's tough yeah. so <laughs> that's how we met yes. and i couldn't think of a better way i've really been enjoying my time in reykjavik i got two of the nicest days of the year absolutely stunning yeah. and we had a hell of a good time yeah like i told you cats there's maybe seven to ten days a year of this weather, and you catch two of them. So. I know. Well, that's just because I'm such a good luck charm. I'll uh, I can I can uh, <laughs> reject that. I I gotta be honest. I, I'll give you that. <laughs> All right. Well, enough about stay. We I could go on for hours. I'm already having so much fun yeah. here in Reykjavik. But this is about you. So we're gonna get into your story and just what what it was like to be Martin throughout throughout the years uh so let's go all the way back and i know this is one of my favorite parts is to learn how people grew up and how vastly different people grow up in different ways and you were born in denmark yes so you were and please i'm gonna butcher this again i've been, I practiced beforehand but it's not gonna work um <laughs> maybe if i try Odemsil and then that was a pretty bad try. Yeah, it wasn't good. It's like uh, in American, I would say Odense. 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 Okay. I'll say it like that. Yeah, I don't know. That was bad. I thought you would do better. I thought you would do better. You know what's weird? It's weird though. Every time I'll practice, and for some reason, my brain just doesn't grasp sounds that I don't make very often. It is a difficult, uh, that's one of our most difficult to pronounce in Denmark, because it's so dangerous. Well, the plus, way to I'm horrible, personally, I'm just terrible at this. But yeah. enough excuses. So, you grew up in Denmark, it's the third biggest city, yeah. you were there until 24. Yes. I don't really know anything about growing up in Denmark. No. So, what was a day in the life of growing up? What was, so, you're 12 years old. Yeah. You... You call your friends. You guys are about to go out and hang out. What What's a, a day in the life in Denmark? Uh, for me, it was. it's always been sports. has always been such a big part of my life. And most of all, my friends has come through soccer or some of the other sports I, I played. But soccer has always been the main, main thing in me and my family's life because we use so much time on it and... So of course, st- hanging hanging out with them, it's always something about football. Even even playing it, games on the com- computer or being out outside and playing, it's always or watching it on TV. There's always some kind of soccer going on. So it's just soccer, 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 soccer. In that age, probably yes, probably yes. Of course, we go to school during day, but after that, it's just about the soccer and just having fun with your friends. Was there school teams, or was this more club? No, it's more ranked. club or 
oriented uh, schools doesn't really have teams like that. So you go to school, you probably have some kind of you have maybe have two three hours a week in school where you do all kind of sports, but that's just for the exercise of it. And then you go to your clubs in the afternoon and whatever sport you do and and go play there and with your friends. Some of them are from school, some are from other schools. But gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, a lot of people in the U.S. also take this route, especially with baseball. Baseball is just a year-round thing in the U.S. You have the clubs, you have school ball where we actually have school teams, and then the fall club leagues, spring club leagues, summer club leagues. Was that kind of the same thing? And how did that even start for you? When did you even get into soccer was it just random or did your no, parents play I, my, I knew my dad wanted me to play and i think he brought me to when i was three year old three years old to the club but uh, i started crying because i, I was scared <laughs> i don't know why so he helped yeah, i think he was really disappointed in me that day but he he took me two years later and i went with a friend i went to school with and i just fell in love right away so that was kind of how it started in the club that he took me there and then yeah so it was uh was it a camp sort of thing or the club club tryouts and no back then when you're so young you just you go to the club and they they just take you in and play it's just for the fun of it and it's not really any competition or anything it's just until you're seven eight then it's just playing for the fun of it and playing with your friends. And then after that, you start being divided into teams, first, second, third team, and the competition starts a little bit. Gotcha. There. So it's just soccer, 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 soccer. Yeah. And then school. So then school. School is what is still important. Like, that's the, that's the main thing, of course. But it's also important to have something you can do with your friends outside school and that's where I think sport is so amazing, and mm-hmm. soccer was just the sport I fell in love with. But it could be—I think it could have been any team sport. I would have probably fallen in love, fallen, fell in love with that also. So yeah, and you got in as an early age, at an early age, yeah. fell in love with it, and then that carried yeah, you exactly. all the way through your career. Yeah, exactly. Um, what was school like? Because. Uh, I'm just familiar with the U.S. system, and we were talking a little bit before that there's actually 15, you were 15 or 16 when you got out of the first level of schooling, and then you went to three years in high school. So what was was a day in school like in Denmark? Like, we have from first to 10th grade, where it's, of course, as the step, the further step you take, the more expectations and work comes comes with it, but it's still really there's only exams where you're you're ninth and tenth grade. So before that is all mostly just for the fun and learning experience of it. There's there's not that many there's not that many expecta- expectations. But of course it starts in ninth tenth grade because you need a certain grade to go to high school. But it's not that that big expectations they have still. But mm-hmm. yeah, so real life education starts from high school, I would say, in Denmark. Yeah, so you didn't really have any tests. We have tests, but 
it's not like they mean that much. It's, you weren't taking proficiency tests in middle school and it really didn't matter. They take it for just to see where the school are compared to other schools, but it doesn't really matter. And then you can you can always get into high school eat anyone you want. So it's first from high school that it really matters with the grades. So you got to choose which high school you went to. Yeah, also. yeah, I did. So if you wanted to choose a different city, a high school in a different city, you could yeah, go. Yeah, I could do that, but but they're all the same. There, there's not any different. They have to learn the same. So it, it doesn't really matter which one you choose. Do you think that was a good thing? Or do you like the education system? Yeah, I, I like it fine. Um, I think it's, it could be, there could be a little bit more expectations to the students and stuff and a little bit more demands, but I gotta be honest. I liked it how it how it was. Yeah, I was gonna I was say. So, so it's probably <laughs> during a little, school. It's, not a, it's a little bit hypocrite if I start talking about they need more tests and stuff because I I enjoyed it, but I I I liked it and I think I I learned a lot from it and yeah, it's a good system and it's like if the state paid for pay for everything and <laughs> it's really that's great. Yeah, I, it um, doesn't sound like a bad gig because I know. In middle school, in elementary school, so we had elementary school one through six grades, and then middle school seven through eight, and then high school nine through twelve, and we were taking tests in the, like fifth grade, yeah. like big proficiency tests where they would separate you into honors and okay. achievement, and so it started early for us. I almost wish that we got a little bit more time to. To enjoy being a kid, but yeah, so it goes. Yeah. So, um, so basically, you had high school, yeah. and what kind of student were you? I'm always curious to ask. Were you kind of quiet? Were you the class clown? Were you what? What were you like? I've, I think I've always been. I like being. I like being the class clown, but. I, I'm, I don't think I am it, but I, I like being the jokester and stuff, but I still think I'm pretty respect, respected guy and just the guy people go goes to. I've always been, school has always come pretty easy for me, but I'm not, I've never been a big worker. I just do what's necessary and, and not much more than that. So I'm, I think I, I like to believe my teachers like me, but... And uh, hopefully my co-students also did. But were you a prankster? Do you? What was your favorite prank you pulled on you and your friends or anyone else? Oh, the best part was always if when we went to high school and we started getting a little older and the girls got interesting. If if I knew somebody had had tried something with with someone else in class, putting that up. Yeah. Putting it out there and making some fun so they both get really embarrassed. <laughs> I, I always loved that. I, I How would you do that just during a question during class? Just throw it out there? Or? I still, my favorite has always been we had two. It was in the beginning of high school. We were probably 16 at, at the first party. This girl, this really shy girl, she, she had tried a little bit on one of my friends. And I don't know why, but the teacher... He ha he had to explain how to say his name, and I don't know why, but in his name you need to use like a kiss mouth when you 
when you say it. And then, of course, I was just yelling her name. Oh, you know how to do that. <laughs> and everybody just cracked up. So that was, that was pretty funny. But I'm not a big prankster. I, I'm, I'm more of a guy who, who's in it for the moment. I don't plan stuff. I just, it comes pretty natural. So you like calling out your friends and their girlfriends. But I also like calling out myself. Like, I can joke, joke about that if I do something stupid for sure. <laughs> I don't really care. But then, of course, if I see an opportunity to joke with them, I also do that. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. And that definitely comes out because right away you told me about your 25th birthday celebration. Yeah. Where you could explain a little bit what that's all about. Yeah, last year I had my three Danish friends up here in Iceland. Uh, this is a Danish tradition, right? It's a Danish, when you turn 25 and you're not married, which I'm not, uh, you gotta get tied to a pole and put cinnamon all over your, all over yourself. And they did that with ketchup <laughs> and pepper and everything it, down my underpants. I was standing at this open spot where people drive by in my underpants full of cinnamon and I was going to say, put cinnamon was very generous for what they did to you. The picture was basically like they sandblasted you exactly. with cinnamon. It was just caked on you, ketchup, and pepper. It, and it was pretty rough. It was pretty rough. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but you're past it. Unfortunately, you may you missed your friend yeah. for some revenge. So maybe it's 26, you can get him. I'm going to get him back. Some kind of way, I'm gonna get him back. Do you know where that started? Not really, but I've I've known it ever since I was a child. I've seen people get it, so it's just you fear the twenty fifth birthday coming up. <laughs> but were you trying to get married before then, just to miss no, out? No, no, not really. I <laughs> I could survive. I would rather have that than a marriage I I wasn't ready for. So. That's true. It did seem like a lot of fun, at least for the people throwing. Cinnamon. It was fun. Fun. it was fun and it was torture for ten minutes, and after you can laugh about it, laugh about it. So it was Tor okay. Torture for ten minutes, and then the ten minutes spraying you down in Iceland. I was standing the... naked in August with driving cars coming by, getting cinnamon off me, but getting hosed down. And it's not warm in August, but most people believe. It, it was not my biggest moment, literally, literally if you understand what I mean. <laughs> understand what I mean. No, very cold outside. Yes. Very cold outside, especially probably they used the ocean water to hose you down, yeah. which makes sense. Okay, so basically it was school, soccer, school, soccer, school, soccer. And it came to a point where... You were offered a job as a trainee for a real estate agent. Yeah. And um, so basically you would have to take two years and become a real estate agent through this training program or go the soccer route. Yeah. And this is a lot of people run into this. I know a lot of listeners have run into this in the past. I've run into this. Of, do, you like, do I go to school or do I try to play sports mm. in that route? And you decided to take the soccer route. Yeah. So what was that time like? So you had these two major decisions. Was it an easy decision to choose soccer? Did you go back and forth? Was there other outside influences like your parents? What was that time like for you? I, have, I would have to say it was a pretty easy decision once I knew that, that uh, the chance of becoming a pro 
existed because it's been my dream and I didn't succeed at it at 18, 19 where I really expected and hoped to do it. So now I'm standing here 22 years old. It's really now or never. And I felt like I could always, I can always go back to that yes. trainee position. And so it was an easy choice. Uh, the only thing about it was that I wasn't sure if I would get the offer or not when I was, and I, with the pro football, uh, pro soccer. So I wasn't sure that would come. And so I was a little bit hesitating to take this trainee job, but thankfully it, it all worked out. So. Yeah, so you got, uh, you finally got your big break, you got your contract and you accepted it. Yeah. What was that moment like too? So, so many people wish they can be pro athletes, but you had a contract that was signed and it was just this accumulation of all of the practice and games before coming to a moment. Was there, what, what was going it, on in your head? It was a weird day because that day my brother graduated high school, actually. So I went there, so happy for him. And then I knew I had to drive to uh, Horsens, my, the club, and probably go sign a contract. And so when I, when I did it, I was like, well, what, did, what just happened here? I, I wasn't really sure how, how it would turn out, how it would be, but of course I was really excited about it. And yeah, what was the contract? Was there any contract negotiations? Was there the process of getting up to signing? What was, what was that like? Um, it was was pretty pretty easy. Like I talked a little bit with the coach, and he he was also new in the club, and he he had seen me, and he wanted me, and we talked a few times, and I was really into it, and then I have this agent who helps me negotiating but when you're in my position you don't have that much to negotiate negotiate right. with so it's it's pretty there's probably a few hundred dollars you can move back and forth but it's i knew which kind of level it would be on and it wasn't really money that was the main main thing was just to get that chance and, and try it out yeah. so it was pretty easy and it happened pretty fast yeah so it was almost a, a couple quick phone calls you yeah. were at the time playing for another club yeah i was playing in the third best league in denmark just as a manager okay yeah and as an amateur and then this was the the call up pretty much yeah to the paid professional level yeah and that was for horsens yes horsens i got one right that was perfect because <laughs> i heard you say it before and i was trying to lock into my head yeah um, so you got, you got the, the contract for Horsens. You did it. You, you were, you finally made it your dream of reality, but was it all so great or what happened after you signed the contract and you started playing and after I, I signed, I was actually so unlucky that I only got one, one, uh, week's holiday. So, and we had a pretty long season before that. So I came in course you start a new club you want to prove everything wrong right so the first week i was just training hard but i my growing wasn't feeling right but of course you try to just go through it really want to show off enough then it it uh it kind of it took it was too much so i had to take a break for three weeks i think so i came back right before the first game of the season so that was a pretty bad start to the new club and i was uh, being on the bench 
in the beginning, but they started really bad. So I was so lucky that I got the chance to actually play pretty early on. Gotcha. And it went okay. It was different because it's high level and it wasn't as easy as it was in my former club. So I made a few goals and I actually played quite a lot the first six months. But then I felt, okay, this and we got to break. Okay, and I'm gonna... From next year on, it's gonna be really. That's gonna be my year, and I, for some reason, I didn't really succeed that the next six months. I, I, I was a lot of on and off the team, and we we didn't play that well that season. So my first year was kind of on and off. It started really well and then slowed a little bit down. So I still had one year left, and I felt okay. This is definitely going to be my year because we've lost a lot of players that were starters. So it opens up for me to now take that spot in the team. And mm -hmm. the club had uh, some financial problems. So they had to bet on some of the younger players like me. And they didn't have that much, that many players at that time. So I felt like, okay, this is going to be my year. We are in the summer of 2015 here. But I, it went okay again in the beginning, but then I got a little bit on and off the team. And those six months was really rough because I, I didn't play as I wanted to. I didn't perform as well as I did. I didn't feel like the coach gave me the chances I deserved compared to other players. But that, that's soccer. And I got to look in the mirror and say I could have done better in that time period. But that, that was six tough months because you go training starts being frustrating because you know I'm not going to play in the weekend and the weekend comes the team wins you don't feel like you're part of it even you maybe play 20 minutes but it's, it's not the same right and that that takes takes a little bit out of it I had I had to wake up every morning to take it one hour train it starts getting frustrating all this kind of stuff the small like you're living the the life you're living the dream but you start looking at the bad bad things about it instead of the all the great things that's also a part of it but that was that was a little bit bad those six months i gotta admit it yeah it, it's it's a struggle for people that do it in high school in the, in the u.s i remember struggling with that not getting the the playing time i deserved and with training hard but that was in high school for me this was your livelihood yeah. so what was was there any thoughts of doubt that were creeping up or you said it was frustrating to, to get on the train every morning and you had a one-hour train ride there and back what what did you use to battle through that because six months is a long time mm. and you've come all the way to this point you also had an out to go back to school and get your real estate license what what kept you going? Of course, you, you keep training. And when you're in training and the games, you're trying to do the best as possible. And you're just hoping for that moment where it all just it all just clicks. And and I, I, got, I, mean, I was close to thinking that, okay, maybe I got six more months left before my contract expires. If it's going to continue like this, I probably won't get an offer to be a pro anymore so then I have to go back and to either school or this internship 
uh, I was starting to doubt a little bit, but I thought, okay, there's one more one month left before vacation. I just gotta do my best and then see what happens. And then thankfully we had a game against uh, a team called Lugby where we 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 it was a big game for like the promotion to the best league in Denmark, even though it was still in the middle of the season. And I came in and then I actually scored the match-winning goal like 10 minutes before the game was over. And that was definitely my the moment I think back on when I think about my time in Horsens because that's that was just a relief, such a relief scoring in front of the home fans, such an important game, just feeling that buzz. And, and you know, it was a TV game also. There's not that many TV games in that division. And... So I knew my friends and family were watching also, and it kind of, yeah, it, it kind of made me believe um, I, I belong at this level, for sure. Oh, so all of, everything kind of came to a point mm-hmm. with that goal. So let's set this up, because that was uh, a watered-down version of how cool this goal actually was. It was against the number one team yeah. in the league, and you guys were number three. Mm-hmm. So this is a big game. It was also on TV. Friends and family are watching. A lot of people are watching. <clears throat> You're at home in front of your home fans. What what was the setup to that? So did you were you playing the whole game? Did you come in late? What was the situation? Do you remember the pass to you? Did you dribble around somebody? I remember almost everything actually. It was, <laughs> no, it was I was on the bench again in this game and when you're on the bench I've you don't really feel feel the atmosphere as much, but it was an okay passing game, and we we started really well. Was in front one zero, and everything looked like okay. Just we will probably win this game. Everything will be fine. And then second half start, they score pretty early, as I remember, and I'm I'm starting to warm up, and then I think the coach called me. In, there's probably 20 minutes left or something. So 20 minutes left in the game. And yeah. You were warming up just in case, and then you got the call. Yes, I got the call. And, of course, you you, you dream about going in and score, but mentally I, you got to think I'm I'm probably five months of frustrating, and so I'm not thinking today is the day I'm going to be the hero because your mindset is, okay, I'm just going to go in and perform well. You When your confidence is not on top, you don't have... You need to have those thoughts, but I remember I didn't have those thoughts that I will go in and win this game. But I, I remember I came in and did, did some really good stuff, got a good start to the game. Uh, and then there was, I remember I, I, got a, I won a ball. I was playing the wide wing and some kind of way it got over to the left side and he crossed, crossed, crossed it in. And we were... Three three men from Lingby and three, three men from us in the box, and kind of out of nowhere, it hits one in the back and bounces down to me, and I just put it put it with my right foot in uh, up to the post and in, like a re- really good. So you shot. see the goalie dive. I it just hits the back of the net. Yes. Then what happened? I just run straight out to to the fans, sliding on my knees. I even felt like I fell on my stomach, and then I was just crowded by all the guys. And I, I've seen the clip sometimes. Then I came up again. I'm like standing with my arms in the. Just you can just see how happy I am at that moment. So you did a, an awesome soccer power slide to the stands while your team exactly. is rushing you. Exactly. Was that just chaos? 
in your It was your chaos. Mind. And I remember the last 10 minutes of the game, I was just, please let this game be 2-1 so I'm the match. I, I really want this. Because if they have, would have scored in the end, it wouldn't have felt the same. But when the the referee blew the whistle, everyone was just coming towards me. And I could see it really meant a lot. I could see they knew I have had a, a rough time because I haven't played as much as I wanted. And I felt like I deserved them. I think they they all appreciated me and liked me. So I think that helped also why they were so happy at that moment. Yeah, so then everything just was summed up the players came and grouped around you the six month span of frustration yeah. did it make it all worth it yeah for sure that in that moment you forget about all the the bad stuff yeah. that, that's the that's the great thing about sports and soccer or football or basketball whatever it is that moment can make you forget all those bad times and it definitely did at that night it was a great feeling yeah, and then afterwards, how was that party like? Was that fun? Was it? Did you go home and sit in your apartment and stare at the wall? We did you yeah, go out with your teammates? No, it was a, it was a Sunday night, so there was no party. But I remember driving my dad. He was always there watching the games, and he, we drove home, and we were both happy. And I remember going to sleep that night. I felt felt like really satisfaction and I knew I would come in the next day the next morning with and you should see my face the next morning when I came in I was just all smiles and it, it was a great day those, those couple of days after it was really great and then you start you start focusing on the ne- next game but we only had two games left I think before the winter break so but that felt really good gotcha and that was a setup for the next move yeah so you had some doubts. You thought you were going to possibly call it quits, go back to school, and then you scored the goal, kind of got some life back into you, and now you're here in Iceland. Yeah. So how was that transition like? So you, you finished out your contract with Horsens. No, then... I, no, I had six months left. But so I had six months left. Yeah, okay. but I was in a situation where I've, I've made that goal, but I still felt like... If I'm gonna stay the last six months, it's not gonna be what's best for me. So I had a talk with the coach, and I told him I would really like to try something else if the opportunity comes. And he accepted that, and he said, "Of course, if if you can find, you're more than welcome to stay the last six months. But if you can find something, then go for it." And that was I was actually on a holiday in, in Thailand when my my agent and good friend he called me. And said, I got this offer from Fjölnir in Iceland. I'm like, who? <laughs> I never heard about that. I, I knew I knew a lot of Danish players who spin in Iceland and play, but I didn't know that specific club. But I said, okay, that sounds pretty interesting. I could, and then of course I start looking what what how the club is and how's Iceland and stuff like that. And it's just like, why not go for it? Try something new. So you got this offer in Iceland. You've been living in Denmark your entire life. Yeah. And then you moved to Iceland. Yes. What? And then obviously something completely new, a new club, new new everything. Were you excited? Were you scared? Were you, okay, I'm just going to do this anyway? What was going on? I was really excited. I, I, I wasn't really scared, but of course, the when the day comes where you're about to leave 
leave everyone and say goodbye to everyone. It starts getting real. That okay, I will see my mom and my dad in probably eight months or something. That and you're used to seeing them every week or something like that. Mm-hmm. That was it was a weird day when I took that train to Copenhagen, but it also felt like I have to do this. I have to go try this on my own. But it was kind of a shock when I arrived at the airport. I'd never seen so much snow in my life. It was just <laughs> snowing in. Yeah, unbelievable how much snow I have. I was in shock that day. And they drove me straight to the car that I had to drive. So I was driving the first day in... In the largest snow you've ever seen. Snow and darkness. It was it was a little bit weird and nice. But yeah, it was all worth it for sure. So then... That's where you are now. You made it here. Yeah. You're um, still with the same club, or did you move around? I uh, I changed club this uh, winter. That's I, right. I moved to another club, and also located in Reykjavik, a club called Breiðablik. That uh, a little bit of a bigger club in Iceland, um, and I was really impressed with how they played the my first year I was here, and I thought they could fit me well and so I, that was why I cho- chose that and I've been happy here even though we haven't performed as good as I hoped we, we would it's still been uh, really amazing for sure yeah and <laughs> here you are and looking back at all of the the time that you've spent playing soccer from a young age all the way up to now could you have ever imagined to be Playing for an Icelandic club, no a professional Icelandic club. Of course, my when I was younger, my dream was probably a little bit warmer, warmer <laughs> yeah. coach, you know, like Spain or something like that. But no, of course, if you told me this just three, four years ago, I would say what? Because I I thought my chance of becoming a pro soccer player was was done because I didn't make it when when I had the chance and then I thought okay now I'm starting a new life where I will still have soccer in my life and play it with my friends in okay level just as an amateur but I'm really of course I'm happy that I'm here and hopefully this is just a step to something bigger and and better at some point that's my dream yeah so that's a really good place I think to to wrap it up and for everyone listening out there that is struggling with getting to the next step everyone always has that next thing that they want to do and that's something that I think has been prevalent in your life especially the sports and soccer community going to the next step is always such a dramatic jump so as you continue as you have gone through the multiple steps and are continuing to search for the next one what would you say as a word of advice to everyone out there listening. It can sound a little bit like cliche, the never give up. So I, I won't say it like that, but I think the most important is you have fun with what you do. And I started, I, I've always, I should have, I should have made it when I was 18, but I didn't because I, I didn't take it serious enough. But I, the reason why I got here was because I had so much fun playing playing the game and and that showed in my performance and that's what I think at some point if you're good enough you will get the chance and it doesn't matter if it's 
in the sports world, if it's in being a lawyer, being engineer, whatever it is, I think the opportunity will come if you if you just work hard and go at it and then and if it doesn't work out, you can always just be true to yourself and something positive will happen. I'm sure about that, but keep believing in yourself and then something good will happen, that's for sure. <laughs> Martin, that was awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you, sir, for coming on the show. Uh, thanks for doing a surprise interview. <laughs> you didn't been, know that when you were hosting a Couchsurfer, you'd be famous in the U.S. now. No, it's uh, <laughs> it's been an honor. And uh, my first radio interview in America, I'm, I'm really happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this guy is awesome. If you're hanging around in Reykjavik, definitely look him up on Couchsurfing. His name's Martin. He runs a, a hotel pretty much here in the Couchsurfing community. Almost. And overall, an awesome guy. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, and thank you, too. everyone, for listening to Oyster World Radio. And we'll catch you guys soon. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of Oyster World Radio, production of Oyster World LLC. I am your host, Nathan Lieberman, and thanks again to Martin Lund Peterson for coming on the show. Keep up to date on everything going on in the big gap here on Instagram at Nathan.Wanders because I'm going to Scotland soon and you do not want to miss it. Check out the links in the show description for more information, including Martin's football highlights. You can also find them by searching Martin Lund, L-U-N-D, Peterson, P-E-D. E-R-S-E-N on YouTube. That's three words. Martin Lou Peterson. Special thanks to Charlie Milliken for all of the Oyster Jams. Check him out on Spotify or at charliemilliken.com. That's M-I-L-L-I-K-I-N. Don't forget to support the show on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Oyster World. Thanks again for tuning into Oyster World Radio. We'll be back in two weeks, but until then, this is Nathan Lieberman signing off. I can't take control of my life If I'm too busy looking at the stars and thinking about all time that's gone by It's time for a change of my day-to-day scene Time to